Welcome to the Pad the Stats podcast, your destination for everything fantasy football and where fantasy title hopes come true. And now, your host, James Swanson. 192 targets, 148 receptions, 1,850 yards, and 12 touchdowns. No, those aren't the projections for Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, or Odell Beckham. That would be the season-long pace through eight games for Adam Thielen. Hi, everyone. I'm James Swanson. This is Pad the Stats, your podcast for everything fantasy football. What a down night for Adam Thielen Sunday night against the Saints. Fewest targets, seven. Receptions, seven. And yards, 103 since week one. I'm kidding, obviously. Still a good night, just not to uh, the 2018 standards for Adam Thielen to this point. But wow, has this guy been just remarkable so far. I know he had the fumble in the first half that uh, was a big turning point for the Vikings in this game, but he now has a touchdown in five straight games. It's the first game this season with less than double-digit targets for Adam Thielen, so uh, he has been uh, you know, far and away the number one receiver so far in fantasy football all formats. He's just been absolutely outstanding if you were the person who drafted Adam Thielen in probably the third round I would assume um, or you know if you got him in the fourth round I mean you were just absolutely jumping for joy at this point no matter where you got him uh, you're you're obviously excited and you're not looking to move him um, because again you know Kirk Cousins in this offense continues to to make enough plays and Kirk Cousins has looked pretty good to this point and Adam Thielen has been the biggest beneficiary of that and Stefan Diggs is still having a nice season, but this has been the Adam Thielen show, and I don't expect that to change anytime soon. I am going to bring on Pat Cotter here in a second to talk about the big trades that went down today, of course, Demarius Thomas to the Houston Texans, Golden Tate to the Philadelphia Eagles, and Ty Montgomery to the Baltimore Ravens. We're going to talk about those and um, just give you our analysis on those, tell you some some rest of the season, give our um, our analysis on some rest of the season outlook for both those players and some of the players in the offenses that they're leaving behind as well. But first, I'm going to start off with where I was right and where I was wrong from week eight. Where I was right, my quarterback started the week, Russell Wilson, didn't throw that many passes, just 17 on the night, but he was very efficient, 14 of 17 at Detroit, 248 yards, three touchdowns. He now has nine touchdowns to just one interception in his last three games. I did say, and I was a little bit wrong on the fact that I thought he was going to score a rushing touchdown in this game finally. I, he hasn't had a rushing touchdown to this point in the season, and I thought finally Russell Wilson was going to find Pater with his legs. Only two carries for 15 yards, so he didn't get in there. But uh, in terms of, a, of a, an efficient day, passing the football from the pocket, and a good fantasy day, I think I nailed that one. Um, I mentioned nine touchdowns, just one pick in his last five games. He has just four interceptions all season to this point. And the schedule the rest of the way is actually pretty nice for Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. They get the Chargers at home this weekend. Then they go to the Rams, uh, Packers at Carolina, San Francisco, and then the playoffs. Minnesota at home, who, again, they have not defended the pass super well to this point in the season. I know that they did an okay job um, against Drew Brees and the Saints this last game. Um, and then they go to San Francisco, the, the Seahawks, that is, and then Kansas City at home. So weeks 15 and 16 are beautiful, and I don't think that Vikings matchup should scare anybody away. So we're in a 14-team league where Russell Wilson was dropped. I wish I would have gone, went and picked him up. And Dave in our league went and got him, and I think he's going to really reap the benefits of that down the stretch with that schedule that I just mentioned, particularly that playoff schedule. My running back started the week. I hit this one as well. 
Philip Lindsay against Kansas City, and I mentioned the biggest thing here to consider was Royce Freeman uh, being out of this game, and it was going to be a, a bigger workload for Philip Lindsay, and that's exactly what we saw. Season high in carries, 18. Second most rushing yards this season for Philip Lindsay, 95. He scored once on the ground. He added three receptions for 17 yards. I did think it was going to be maybe five or six catches for Lindsay. He didn't quite get there, so I was wrong on that as well. Uh, but overall, this was the, the these were the most touches that Philip Lindsay has seen in a game this season with 21. Um, he came into the week as running back 15 in PPR, averaging 12.6 points per game in PPR leagues. And the rest of the season schedule, it's very nice in the playoffs. They go to San Francisco, then they get the Browns at home, and then they go to Oakland. Very, very nice for the Broncos. Um, it sets up nicely in that during that playoff stretch, and uh, over the next few weeks they go to or they get Houston at home, excuse me, then the bye, then they go to the Chargers, Pittsburgh, and at Cincinnati. So it stacks up much like Russell Wilson. I just talked about, uh, you know, for Philip Lindsay in this Broncos running game. I think it sets up just just fine for them, and Philip Lindsay is really setting up to be. Look, he has been a a solid RB two pretty much the entire season to this point. I feel like with the way the running back landscape has gone, we've talked about the number of players who have not lived up to the hype so far, a number of guys in that third and fourth round range. His teammate, in fact, Royce Freeman, is a guy who we've seen be efficient at times, but he really hasn't lived up to where he was being drafted. Derrick Henry, another guy. Jay Ajayi obviously getting hurt for the year. Deion Lewis, another one. There's There's a ton of guys we can talk about in this conversation that have not lived up to the hype, not lived up to their draft status. So with that being said, Philip Lindsay is very much creeping into that low end RB one conversation. I think that's, I I think that's serious talk right now. I think you have to, to seriously consider the fact that he is an RB one at this point and where I was wrong, of course, you know, you can't hit everything right in this industry. And I'm certainly in line with, Many of the other, you know, as we call fantasy experts who get things wrong from time to time. And my wide receiver started the week. I was dead wrong. Brandon Cooks, who I thought with Cooper Cup missing this game, the Green Bay Packers have not defended number one receivers on the outside extremely well this season. Brandon Cooks saw the most snaps he's had all season, 75. Had eight targets, not too bad so far, but just three receptions. 74 yards. And he's had just nine receptions now over the last three games since coming back from concussion. He's on pace still for 70 receptions, 1,286 yards, four touchdowns. So it's still shaping up to be almost identical as what Brandon Cooks did in 2017, where he had 221 fantasy points this year, 222 fantasy points. So he finished his wide receiver 15 in PPR last year. He's on pace to finish in a similar fashion this year. But it was not a good game for Brandon Cooks, not a game that we had expected that I had kind of called. I was very much expecting him to step up and have a game where he went over 100 yards in this game and what was a potential shootout. But again, it was another Todd Gurley game, and um, you know it just did not that did not shape up for Brandon Cooks the way I had hoped. But maybe the biggest dud, and yes, actually, definitely the biggest dud of my calls of the week: David Njoku, my tight end star of the week, zero targets against a Pittsburgh defense that has allowed the second most targets to tight ends all year. I, I think looking back at the numbers, I, I'm, I might be, don't quote me on this, but I, I'm pretty sure that they had only allowed less than 10 targets in one or two games all year to the tight end position. So tight ends have been, have, have, have been heavily targeted against the Steelers all year. The fact that they had zero targets in this game um, 
Thank goodness Todd Haley and Hugh Jackson are now gone. Hopefully Baker, Baker Mayfield gets back on track and targeting David Njoku, and hopefully Duke Johnson can benefit as well. 54 snaps were the most, or the second fewest, I'm sorry, for David Njoku this season. So, ah, it was frustrating. We saw um, Seth DeValve catch a late garbage time touchdown, which it was even more frustrating than it wasn't David Njoku. So, look, I don't think you should panic on David Njoku. I still think this is a guy who, he, look, he's been targeted before this week, the fourth most in the NFL among all tight ends. I still expect him to be a tight end one, or at least on that radar. And, um, look, I wouldn't panic. I don't think he's somebody that, you know, don't look at the stat line, see zero, tar- zero targets, and go drop him uh, and pick up Austin Hooper. Um, I think David Njoku will be just fine the rest of this season. But that was a big, big miss on my part this week. So let me bring in now Pat Cotter, and we are going to talk about, I'm going to move the, the mic away from my face a little bit here, so if I get a little bit um, Sounds like I'm farther away. We're just going to be broadcasting me and Pat over one mic. So let's let's go ahead and do this thing. And um, Pat, big trades, buddy. A big day in the NFL, which, you know what? It's interesting, right? Because I don't think, I don't know if 10 years ago, five years ago, Three we, years would, have ago. Looked, yeah, we no. would have looked at the, at the trade deadline in the NFL. Doesn't it feel like it's the NHL, NHL yeah, or the MLB? Every, yeah, like things just, are getting active. Yeah, it's nice. I love it. You and know, it's playmakers too. It's it's skill guys, right? I love it. I love it, man. You know, it's Kenny Galladay time, man. Baby, let's go. I had him on my team this week, and you know, it was really frustrating seeing him get that put up that that low total. But I tell you, man, this guy is going to explode for the rest of the season. Well, why don't we start right there and let's talk about it? Golden Tate to the Eagles. So. How move. much, just I, how much can we quantify how much does this benefit Kenny Galladay? You know, I thought it was a weird move. I mean, I expected, it was nice to get to get Golden Tate out of there. You know, I think he's on the, is he on the last year of his deal? He is on the last year of his deal. So, so he's 30 years old. And he's, yeah, he's getting older. They've got a young stud wide receiver there who I think Kenny Galladay is a budding superstar in this league. And, you know, we need to get, I'd like to see Kenny Galladay get the ball more. So I think that they were in a good position to kind of deal him and not lose too much from it. Now, I don't know who their third receiver is going to be. I looked up some names, and none of them really stood out to me. And you don't really have a third option other than some of their running backs. But, you know, I think Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones can carry the load. And, you know, we, me and you were talking a little bit earlier. How much do we see – obviously, we like we like Kenny Galladay going the rest of the way forward to be kind of a, a wide receiver one there. But how much do we see this benefiting Marvin Jones? This was uh, one of the harder questions you asked me because the way I see Marvin Jones is I still can't get it, the picture out of my head of him having this very shaky floor. Yeah. And I, I just still feel even if he was the only guy in town, if he was the only yeah. cowboy in town, I still think— If he was on the Cowboys. Like, yeah. Without before Mark Cooper. Right, right, right. It still feels like you're going to get a handful of two for 30 weeks. Yeah. Like, that just still feels like Marvin Jones to a T. Now— with that being said, if we are just looking at this logically, yep. um, take the name out of it. Uh, right. If we're just looking at this logically, I think that, of course, this secures the floor a little bit more for Marvin Jones. If you're a Marvin Jones owner and you have come accustomed to uh, Boomer Bust wide receiver three, for example. Now, last year we saw a wide receiver two yeah. numbers from Marvin yeah. Jones, but this year it's become down more to that wide receiver three. As um, Kenny Galladay kind of has emerged. Boomer bust. Yep, he's he's turned into that John Brown type of receiver, yep. that boom bust yep. kind of type of guy, right? Now, I think that that wide receiver three status becomes more safe, 
but I still think he's a wide receiver three yeah. most weeks. I think it bumps him up into the wide receiver two range, honestly. Okay. I think he's That's gonna, fair. I think he's he still has that big chance of having that big game, but it kind of he'll ha- he'll see more like you know six targets a game, whereas before he was seeing three, four. Well, would you rather have as his floor? As his floor. Would you rather have? Um, let's let's talk. Let's keep on Marvin Jones, and then we'll talk about Kenny Galladay. Would you rather have? Uh, Marvin Jones or Alshon Jeffrey rest of season? Alshon Jeffrey. Okay. Is Josh Gordon in the Marvin Jones? Dis- I'd still, I'd rather have Josh Gordon in both. Okay. Guys, okay. So. All right. What about, what about, um, John Brown first Marvin Jones? I think Jones? I would rather have Marvin Jones. Okay. I think I'd rather have Marvin Jones. Just, ooh, ooh, my bad. That's all right. Uh, We're good. So he has, I think he's got a little bit of safer floor. John Brown's that classic boom bust guy. I don't, and I like the quarterback better for Marvin Jones. So I'm going to go with Marvin Jones. All right, well, let's talk about Kenny Galladay then. Do we see Kenny Galladay move into the wide receiver one range? Or is he a wide receiver two? I think he's right on the cusp. He's kind of a high-end wide receiver two. Okay. I think I got him going the rest of the season. Kenny Galladay or Juju Smith-Schuster rest of the season? I'd still go Juju. Okay. Even with the the Juju's been having some down weeks? If you told me at the end of the year Kenny Galladay finished ahead of Juju, I would not be surprised. But right now, I'm still going to go Juju. Kenny Galladay or Tyler Boyd rest of season? I'm going Kenny Galladay for sure. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I, I still think there's... I still think there's I don't know. Regression. Maybe it's foolish to say there's regression with Tyler Boyd at this point because we keep seeing it. Yeah, I mean, he's been a solid. Just He's just been getting all those targets. Like, they're throwing the ball a lot more to him. Dalton's become a guy who's actually going to throw it around instead of, you know, just force it into A.J. Green all the time. So, shoot, I don't know. How does Cooper Cup fit into the your boy Cooper Cup how does he fit into the Marvin Jones Kenny Galladay discussion I would Cooper Cup and I boy Cooper Cup and Galladay are pretty close to me I think I'd Marvin still Jones rather is have, still I yeah I, is it Marvin, dot 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 yeah like yeah. like Marvin Jones is still down yeah. there okay I still I would rather boy than Marvin Jones you know okay. I would much rather have Cup I'd much rather have Kenny Galladay okay got it all right I think we've exhausted that a little bit Let's talk about the other side of it. Uh, let's move away from the Detroit co- side of the conversation and let's talk about the Eagles and what they're getting in Golden Tate. Who does this take away from the most in the Eagles offense now? We know that Zach Ertz has a very good rapport with Carson Wentz. He is arguably the best tight end in football right now. I think you could probably make that 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 argument that, that yeah. Zach Ertz is the best tight end in football right now, especially the, the season that Gronk has been having. Yeah. Um, you just said something off the air, though, that caught my attention. You would move somebody ahead of Zach Ertz now. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, uh, Kelsey and Ertz were very close to me to begin with. I might move Ertz in front of, of – I mean, I might move Kelsey in front of Ertz at, Ertz at this point just because I think Gall – I mean, I think take, take some of those targets across the middle from Ertz. I still think Ertz is going to be that number two tight end you've relied on. Just kind of takes a little bit of his cap off them. Okay. A little bit. Not much. But I still think that, that that Tate is going to get those kind of across-the-middle type of routes that Ertz was getting a lot of, mm-hmm. and he's going to maybe eat a target or two per game from Ertz. Okay, but you don't think that it's going to turn into a situation where Ertz becomes inconsistent? No, no. Ertz is a, he's a top Ertz three tight went, end. Wentz, that's his favorite guy out there on the field. Yep. He's still going to throw the ball to him all the time. Now, I just think maybe it takes a little bit of the fluster, the, 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 like the, the sheen off of Ertz a little bit, but he's still your you know top one or two. Tight end okay, so Zach Ertz is a top three tight end regardless. Now, how does this affect Alshon Jeffrey? 
do we think that uh, I don't think it affects him much honestly different positions right uh, yeah the, I mean Alshon's your your big time wide receiver wide receiver run one there he's to go up and get a guy he's the guy who's going to be running deep downfield you know Tate's the guy who's running across the middle he's your slot guy very different positions if it hurts anybody or Aguilar to me almost becomes droppable at this point I mean I'd hold on to him this week see how things shake out maybe the next two weeks but if you have, if you're in a shallower league, you know maybe you. I mean, if you're looking to to pick up a guy like you know Cortland Sutton, I would rather have I would rather have Sutton than Aguilar at this point. Okay. Now, what about? What I want to ask you is is Tate this is this an upgrade for Tate? Is it was he about the same situation or is is this a downgrade for Tate? Where do you see Tate falling in this situation? You know, for those Tate owners out there. I, I think he goes into a great situation with a, a very good quarterback who is not, um, you know, we've seen this with Carson Wentz is he's not afraid to target any of his wide receivers, no, right? He'll throw it anywhere. He will throw it to the slot. He'll throw it outside the numbers because that's the type of quarterback he is. He has the arm talent to make much All like Aaron Rodgers. Any throw on the field, Carson Wentz can certainly make. I think this is somewhat of a lateral move. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I I agree. Now, I think that, that in a way, you have to expect a little bit of a, uh, maybe a bumpy first couple weeks because, yeah. of course, Matt Stafford and and um, Golden Tate had their rapport and they yep. had a connection that they worked on for, what, four years. I think he's been in Detroit since he came over from Seattle. So it's going to take a little bit. I think there's going to be a learning curve on both sides between Wentz and Tate. But I think eventually you're going to see a lateral move and a, and a wide receiver, too, in PPR, much yeah. like he's been in Detroit most yep, of the time. I agree. I agree. Okay, let's move on. And <clears throat> we're going to talk about another big wide receiver move, Demarius Thomas to the Texans. Yeah, this is big. This was, I think the Golden Tate move was a little bit bigger, maybe a little bit more important, but they're both equally, uh, you know, I don't think Golden Tate or Demarius Thomas are too far apart in talent. Demarius Thomas has, I think, started to take a little bit of a regression has, in his career for sure now that he's, you know, over 30 and he's been banged up from time to time. Let's talk about the Texans wide receiver core before we talk about Demarius Thomas specifically. And I want to talk about a guy that me and you have both, uh, I talked about him a lot on the last podcast. Go ahead and listen to episode 39 if you want to hear more about Kiki Kuti and what I thought about him, uh, yep. some of that has certainly changed now. Yeah, he was my top waiver out of the week before this all this happened. You know? I had said that he's a wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside. Yep. Now, kid, do we think that Kiki can still be a wide receiver three? I think so. I think so. He's he's that slot guy. You know, he's the guy who's going to be running like much like a Golden Tate. Those those routes across the middle, and he was getting targeted heavily by Deshaun Watson. I don't think that changes very much. I think that you know while. Will Fuller and Demarius Thomas are very different receivers. Demarius is more of an outside guy compared to Kiki, who's going to be running those across the middle type of routes. I think Kiki can still do well. It's going to be interesting to see how Demarius fits into the overall picture. But I think Kiki is still a guy you want to try to get on your teams if you if you have room for him. Okay, Pat, rank these three receivers for me. Josh Gordon, Sammy Watkins, and Kiki Kuti. How would you rank those three? I would rank them in the way you just said them. Okay. Is it close? Is Kiki close to those two? I would put him closer to Sammy than Sammy to Josh Gordon. So you think that? Do you think Josh Gordon's a wide receiver too? I think he's got wide receiver one potential, man. Wide receiver one. I think he's got that potential. I think he's a wide receiver two at this point, a middling wide receiver two. But I love his upside. I think he could really. See, take I still over. think he's a wide receiver three. 
to this I point. I, I haven't seen a lot well, of... You we, were the Josh Gordon guy at the start I, of the year. I am, and but things have changed. Right, but things have changed. Now he's in New England. He's in a different offense, and he's in the pecking order where he's third right now. And he, he is. He is. But the thing to me is... It Maybe t- fourth. It takes a while. It takes a while for Tom Brady to get that trust with him. And, and what I've seen in the game film... Didn't take is, a lot, lot uh, excuse me, a long time for him to build trust with Randy Moss. No, but Randy Moss <laughs> is Randy Moss. True. Josh Gordon's pretty damn talented. He is not Randy Moss. Okay, fair enough. And and they did if they required Randy Moss a lot earlier in the in the season than they did Josh Gordon. That's fair. Okay. Yep. They. I mean, it took it takes a while for a guy like Tom Brady to gain the trust in a guy who has had the past, especially of a guy like Josh Gordon. I think that you see Tom Brady starting to throw more a lot more trust routes knowing that Josh Gordon is going to get to a spot in these past couple weeks. I think as their rapport builds, Josh Gordon is only going to get better. And I, he's a guy I would not mind to have on my team. Whereas at the start of the year, I wanted nothing to do with him. Yeah. Okay. Does the, while we're on the Josh Gordon topic, does the fact that he was late to a team meeting, I mean, apparently it doesn't matter to them. Scare you at all. I mean, do you think they're going to discipline him moving forward though? They didn't discipline him this week. So why would they do it moving forward? Well, okay. That's fair. If he was, if he was late to a practice, if he was late to a walkthrough or practice Saturday and they didn't practice, they didn't discipline him on Sunday. There's no reason that I could see them disciplining him for that action moving forward. Okay. Now, again, he still has the same risks going forward as he did at the start of the season that he just could smoke pot or not show up or more of this. If he misses another meeting, I don't think Belichick's just going to throw him out there. That's what I mean. I was surprised that I, they didn't. Because they came out and said that they were not going to play him the first two series. And then series, they played him the And then he play. played, yeah. yes, he played right away. Okay, the, the final big offensive move. We won't talk a lot about Dante Fowler to the Rams today. Um, I don't think we need How to get into How does that in. team just keep getting I, I don't. I don't think we, right, yeah. I, I don't think we need to get into the defensive moves too, too much right now. Um, but we will talk about Ty Montgomery. Just, just for a second. Yeah, go ahead. Listen go ahead. to this. Who think of that defensive line? Dante Fowler, Aaron Donald. Well, what do they run? They run a hybrid. I, they run a three. They run a three-four. Okay, they do run, they a, run three, a three-four. Four. I remember getting in this argument with Dwayne and being wrong about it because okay. I thought they ran a four-three. But imagine, yep. like I'm thinking, Dante Fowler is more of your your classic, just straight rushing, rushing guy. He's an outside linebacker. He's an outside linebacker, but he's, linebacker, but he's, but he's a rusher. I mean, yeah. I'm just thinking. Imagine Aaron Donald, Sue, and then Dante Fowler coming off the edge. That's scary. I mean, Fowler has not lived up to what he was supposed to be. No, but, but he's still. We, but he's we still, still think player. he has the talent to he's be. He's still that. a player. Yeah, that could be scary. And look, and they, they need that. Who's help. Their defense has not been that good. Who's their defensive coordinator? Uh, is it Wade Phillips? It is Wade Phillips. Is yes. it Bum? It's Bum Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> it's Wade. If anybody can get something out of that man, it no, is it wasn't his. Wasn't his dad Bum Phillips? His, his name is, yeah. His dad yeah. was Bum Phillips, the old Texans. Oh, yeah. The old Oilers. Yeah, because his Twitter handle, Son of Bum. Son of Bum. <laughs> is it really? That, yeah. That's great. I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, all right. Let's talk about Ty Montgomery to the Ravens. I don't think we care too much about Ty Montgomery on the Not Baltimore really. Waver- Not Ravens. Not really. I mean, we could say it. You know, this really hurts Javoris Allen. Buck, yeah, and yep. maybe, and maybe we cut Buck maybe, Allen. Maybe, yeah. I mean, yeah, because there's somebody in our 14 team league that was starting him as of this past week. Yeah, the I mean, worst team in the league that absolutely is trash. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's fair. That's yeah, fair. But still, he was still a uh, a guy that probably is on a lot of fantasy rosters. 
he's pretty much cuttable at this point. And does this hurt Alex Collins? Do you think that they will work him in and try to get maybe some target? Because I feel like Montgomery's I, I still uh, kind think, of a— I still think the 12 to 15 carries a game that, that Alex Collins getting is probably safe. Yeah. Um, I mean, do they? But the thing is, is do they try to work all three in like the Packers have been doing? I, I still think that Alex Collins be, is 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 going to be the lead. John Harbaugh and Al, and Buck, um, excuse me, Buck Allen. I think that they must hang out on the weekends yeah, or, or on off they days play, because they, they play you know poker. On yeah, the they are definitely family friends somehow. Yeah. Like their wives hang out or something. Like they have to. Yeah. Um. So maybe they won't take him out. Maybe there's like. Yeah, you know, he's a three headed monster now, and, and Alex Collins becomes even worse. Yeah. But well, uh, let's, let's. But this is much bigger for what focus you're gonna on the. Packers backfield and Aaron Jones and your boy. specifically. Well, your I love boy. it. Your well, boy. no, I don't even care about Jamal Williams. <laughs> Screw that bum. God, I hate the, him. The anymore. bad bum, not yeah. not son of bum. If you want eight carries for seventeen yards, there's nobody better to do it than Jamal Williams. Nope. Nope. Or maybe maybe Jordan Howard. Maybe Legarrette Blunt. Yeah. Or Derrick Henry. Yeah. Uh, probably Derrick Henry and, and Yeah. If you uh, had to, if you had to have if if you wanted to. Put money down on six carries for twenty yards in order. How would who would you want? Garrett Blunt, Derrick Henry, Blunt or Jamal finds Williams? A way to stumble his way through a couple extra yards. So <laughs> I think Derrick Henry. I think Derrick Henry. <laughs> yeah, 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 I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, well, where does Aaron Jones's value go from here? Please? I think it, he's up in the he's got to be in the wider the, the wide receiver. He's a wide receiver, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's going to be getting wide receiver eligibility. It's going to be freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, I think he goes up into the, the running back two range. He could be a solid solid running back here, as long as they continue to see that you know Jamal Williams is dirt. So yeah. you know, it uh, even if Jamal Williams gets a good amount of carries, this cuts another guy out of there. I think I think um, I think that Aaron, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones becomes a guy you can rely on going forward. All right, well, let's play the comparison game, and let's put Jaron Jer- Jones. Aaron Jones up against Jordan Howard. Which one would you rather have rest of season? <laughs> I would go Aaron Jones. <laughs> okay, I think I would as well. How about Aaron Jones or Alex Collins? Aaron, Aaron Jones. How about Aaron Jones against Kenyon Drake? Can we go for the trifecta? No. Kenyon Drake? Drake. I'm going to go Kenyon Drake. I okay, think you're so going to go Aaron Jones. How would you rank those four? Would it be Kenyon Drake, Aaron Jones, Alex Collins, Jordan Howard? Or would you flip-flop would, Jordan uh, Howard and Alex Collins? They're, they're very, 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 very yeah. close. I think I'm going to go Jordan Howard over Alex Collins. Alex Collins, okay. All right. All right. That's That sounds good. Well, those were the big three trades that, that obviously warranted immediate conversation tonight that we wanted to touch on. Pat, I don't... I didn't really have anything else that I wanted to to kind of talk oh, about here. Did we, we didn't get to did talk about Cortland Sutton much. Yes, I'm sorry. Let's let's How go we back. Forget about the top waiver yeah, out of the week. We we've talked about both sides of each of these trades. We did forget about Cortland Sutton. So let's go back to that. And what do we? Let's. I'm just going to ask you flat out. What do you think Cortland Sutton's value is rest of season? Is he a wide receiver too? Is he? Yes. Yes. He's a wide receiver too. I think he is. I I man, I have. Loved watching this guy. Every time I've turned on a Denver game, would you rather have him over? Me, how much I would for him over Demarius Thomas. That's what you're gonna ask. Oh well, let's talk about a guy we just talked about. Who you said you're high on, Josh Gordon? No, I would rather have. Okay, okay, all right. I don't think I don't see him that high. I mean, maybe Cortland Sutton could get there because I do like his talent, and he's surprised me. I didn't was not that that high on him at the start of the season. I thought he's a raw guy who could be good, but you would need a year or two. Which is why I loved where he landed, but he is—he has blown away my expectations. On 
on the plays that he has had a chance to be in, he has made plays. He's been a he's been a solid wide receiver. He's been out there balling. He's been showing what he can do, and I think he is going to step into that role and be much better than Demarius Thomas was. Okay, I would put him personally. I'm I'm going to uh, disagree with you just a little bit. I'm not going to I'm not prepared to put him in the wide receiver two conversation just yet. He's a wide receiver three for me. I ta- I would put him low wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three. Do you? Let me ask you this. Do I'm just you, excited about him. I don't know if I would start. I, I don't know if like I would start him over a lot of the guys I would have at the top of my wide receiver three range. Mm-hmm. But that potential for him. Can you puts own him, him up there? If if I was going to do rest of season rankings, I would put him a lot higher than I would ranking him this week. You know what I'm saying? Can you own him in a ten team league? Do you want him in a ten team? I league? think he's a good guy to just put a flyer in for. You know, drop a guy like John Brown and put a, get grab Cortland Sutton. Would you drop? Michael Crabtree for Cortland yes. Sutton. Yes. Would you drop Chris Godwin for Cortland Sutton? Yes. Okay. How about Devin Funches? Yes. All right. All right. Cool. So I think that's that gives us a pretty good idea. But you know, I don't like Devin Funches. That's I don't like Devin Funches all that much either. And with DJ Moore coming DJ out, I mean, Moore's that's what we're going to talk about. I, we won't, I, he's yeah. he's kind of a just for you know waiver purpose of any if any of this anybody we had picked him up. I think he's a good guy to have on your team. I wouldn't yep. try to put too much expectations on him, but. He's a good guy to take fire on. Yeah, for sure. And and one other tidbit before I wrap up the podcast today, we are uh, uh, sorry, we are we are recording this Tuesday evening, and I will have this out tomorrow. But now one other little thing, and this is minor, but uh, don't sleep on Deshaun Hamilton just yet. This is I, a good point. I still think this that, is a good point. This 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 lets him get up into yeah. that. Into now that I know he spot. was injured a few weeks ago, and I don't know the status on that. I don't think it was season ending. I, I think he's okay. Don't quote me on that. I think I'll have to double-check on his injury status. He was injured on a punt. I think it was a punt return. Something like that. Were we watching that game? I think it was Cardinals-Broncos Thursday night. We and somebody ran game. into him. Yeah. One of the gunners ran into him, and he was down. Hurt his yeah. knee. I don't know if it's serious. I don't think it is. Uh, but, but yeah, Deshaun Hamilton is somebody to keep your eye on. I owned him in Dynasty. Unfortunately, with roster cuts, I was not able to keep him on my team. Somebody, though, that I will definitely keep my eye Maybe on. Maybe I might moving, put in a waiver claim for him. Moving tonight. forward, hey, I, you know... Oh well, not in not in the fourteen in in dynasty. In dynasty maybe? Oh yeah, I not a bad one. I can, I can not a bad one at all. Not a bad one at all. Nice head. And if if you don't know <laughs> much about Deshaun Hamilton, we're looking at his picture right now. I, yeah, I don't know what what whatever. Uh, <laughs> DenverBroncos.com. You can look at the picture. Yeah, there you go. Um, he was regarded as in the Senior Bowl. Uh, in Mobile in January is somebody yeah, who was very high. Lot, I heard a lot about him. Uh, out, his, people said his route running was tremendous. Very good, polished route runner. One of the best, one of the most polished route runners coming out this year was a fifth round selection out of Penn State. And I'm not just talking about this because I'm a Penn State fan, but I've seen a lot of Deshaun Hamilton, and I can speak to it. And he's a guy who will drop. He he will MCL sprain was what he was diagnosed with. It's yeah. probably a two to four week injury, yeah. like most MCL sprains we've seen. Um, but Deshaun Hamilton is a guy who will have his occasional drops. He has a little bit of a lack of focus sometimes, I think. But he's also, like they said, a good route runner, a guy that, that has big play potential. Um, but he's a he's a project a little bit. He's yeah. definitely a little bit of a project, but he could be somebody that could come yeah, into the fold. Yeah, keep an eye on. He's that third guy, and he'd probably be the third wide receiver in that in that core. So, yeah, definitely maybe a guy to you know look out for in your dynasty leagues and Kind of just kind of put in the back of your head, maybe put a star on him or a flag on him, whatever league you're in, in, in uh, 
in your on your free agency. Just Absolutely. Kinda, trying to remember. Put them in the back of your head. Yep. Remember them. I agree, 100%. If not for this year, for next year. All right. Well, that's all we have time for tonight on Pad the Stats. For Pat Cotter, I'm James Swanson. I will have another podcast. Now, we've been doing two a week. I wanted to do three. Yeah. Life's kind of crazy. It is what it is. But we've been yeah. doing our best as we can. So I will have another one, at least one more out this week. So uh, hey, enjoy. Y'all. Don't. Well, I, I was just going to say enjoy the Thursday night game, but I don't think anybody's going to get excited for Raider, no. Raiders Niners this week. I mean, uh, who are you starting <laughs> in that game? Kittle. I have Matt Breida, and Kittle that's probably and it. Breida and yeah. Cook and, Mar- and uh, Doug Martin. Ugly. I think it's about it. It's ugly. It's yeah. just not a good game. So, yeah. All right, everybody. Hey, week nine, y'all. It's crunch time. Crunch time. Playoff it run's is, coming. It is crunch time for sure. So good luck to your fantasy teams this week. We'll talk to you next time on Pad the Stats. Goodbye.